Hello and welcome to the Bellingham Real Estate Podcast. I'm Paul Balzotti. I'm here with Nathan Butcher. Today we are talking about how to start a career in real estate and how to be successful in real estate. For people considering getting into the business, we get asked all the time, you know, what's it like to be in real estate? I'm thinking about getting into real estate. So we'll cover that, um, how to be successful, and just general, just kind of industry talk a little bit. So let's talk about your trajectory in the career. So you have been in the business for how long? Six years. Six years. Okay. And you have, what, what did you do in your first year? In first year, I closed 21 transactions. 21 transactions. Excellent. And then how many did you close last year? 40. 40. Okay. And then this year, you, you're you creeping close to 40 and your your volume is going to be around? Yeah, I'll be over 17 this year. Last year was about 16.2. So I'll actually increase in sales volume, even though the transactions will be a little bit lower. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice work. Nice work. Thank so you. Nathan's one of our top producers, obviously. And so that's why we have him on. First off, what motivated you? Um, we get asked this all the time. I know for me, my dad was in real estate. And when I thought about what I was going to do after I realized I wasn't going to be like maybe in when I was seven, eight, nine years old, and I realized I probably wasn't going to make the NFL. I pretty much always was going to be a realtor. And my dad and my mom were both in the business. And it took until I was getting into the business to realize that not everybody looks at this business the same way. They don't look at it with the same kind of gravita that I did. And so what did you think of the business when you were getting into it? And what was your reason to get in? Yeah, mine was, I, I saw it as a profession for sure. I okay. had no other reason to believe it was something other than that, which is, sounds like it's also where you came from. Yeah. Um, mine was very sales-based and very entrepreneurial-based too, which I'm sure is similar for many people. But I had done sales jobs and done very well at them, but I did, I did not like selling products. That didn't. It, there was something inside of me that I did not like that specifically. Um, being even good at it didn't overcome that for me. And then also knowing that I was always selling for people and I really do like being my own boss. I love having people above me and I love being able to actually be at a brokerage like this with you. Um, but I, I love being able to make my own schedule and, and that's where it started for sure was just the like entrepreneurship sales and like being able to do all that with people. I had to be able to be meeting people and doing new things with new people all the time. Yeah. Okay. So when you first got started, tell me what your average day looked like. You, yeah, I, I that's like my favorite question on the topic of like getting into real estate yeah. because it can be done a lot of different ways. But what I did is I walked into an office and I just worked for eight hours a day and I did a lot of different stuff. And I, I did I, I put myself out in the public a lot, too. So I would use as part of my day, I would go work in a coffee shop and do it consistently in certain areas. But uh, for the most part, I sat down and I, I prospected and I contacted people and uh, I sent out Facebook messages and made sure people knew that I was in the business. And you should tell people that you're in the business and ask them if they want to talk about real estate. Yeah. But you shouldn't rely on that as if that's the only reason that they should talk to you is just because you earned a real estate license because it sure doesn't take much to earn a real estate license. You have spent a ton of time making yourself somebody who someone should reach out to like become worthy of that. And so I'd say that was the other half of my day, like reach out to people and then study and learn neighborhoods and do market analyses. So, yeah. Well, so isn't that kind of profound is you were going into the office for eight hours a day and, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, or not just in the office, you said you're out and about, but putting in eight hours a day 
And it's, it's when you talk to a lot of, for, cause a lot of new pe- new people getting into the business just f- cannot be full-time to start for financial purposes, financial reasons. And so it is difficult for some people to do this, but really to make a living right away, you were just putting in the work. You're working eight hours a day and you were doing not only the training and all the things you need to learn um, and do to get better, but you also were just out networking, meeting with people, all that, which is great. So, and all of those eight hours were eight hours for three months without getting paid. Right. The first, you know, yeah, the first three months. Yeah. yeah. You're, and I yeah. consider that pretty soon for a first paycheck in real right. estate. Absolutely. So, you know, it, that I, we'd saved up for that. We were ready for that, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's the truth of it for sure. Yeah. So now you're, one, you're at your one year and, um, what does that look like when you looked back at your first year? What percentage did you, did it all come from? what like where did could did you do online leads did you do open houses did you do cold calling did you do what did you what all yeah, did you do i i took some online leads that my brokerage had and so i okay. closed i think two of those in my first year and then uh, i started out advertising with zillow in year one okay. and uh i that was that was rad i did it in cedar woolly because it was a little bit cheaper then and uh, i just knew that i needed to get more past clients so uh by doing the other online i did a couple different online leads i hosted open houses and then i spent a lot of time doing things that i like to do so i could put myself around other people who were like me and probably would like me. Mm. And so I focused on like really finding out where I could get business. And the person who did my original business planning with me and helped me um, help teach me all of that uh, did a good job of advising me to map out where I could get clients from and saying, how many do you think you can get from these different areas? And so I included things like online leads and I included things like open houses and family and friends and yeah, because you're not originally you're not originally from here. No. So so when you moved here and you've been here for a while, then you get into real estate. Your sphere of influence, the people that would potentially use you, was probably not super big. No, and, and I and a lot of that I said the Cedar Woolley thing, but a lot of my sphere was in Skagit at the time, and and still is, and a lot of people there. So it was really really spread out, and it yeah. was uh, young. Yeah, a lot of friends younger than me, even not necessarily of of common home buying age, though. That yeah, may be changing some. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, and so one of the things that, you know, that I'm passionate about and part of the reason I got into ownership is raising the bar and having people get into it to be a pro and to do it the right way and all those kind of things. When, um, because you were, you were younger, you were, you were 20, it was 29, 29. So when you were 29, I was, I was 21. Um, the, when I was getting trained, they were saying, don't wear sweats to the, the grocery store, dress like a pro all the time. Um, we live in the Walking County, pretty casual environment, but you probably still, did you have to like up your game a little bit professionalism wise when you're younger specifically? I know now you, you know, you still have your style, you're a little more casual, but did you, when you were starting, did you up your game a little bit on that? Yeah. And it wasn't just in dress. I mean, you, you need to dress professionally when you're there because there are more, uh, hurdles that somebody might have to overcome in order to work with you, whether you're young or new. So dress definitely would change immediately, but like demeanor in certain situations. Sure. Exactly. um, I I would say I bolstered two things though. I just became more purposeful. I definitely did not leave behind the parts that make me me. Right. Because I, there are a lot of reasons why people work with me that are actually like, you know, I'm a little bit, I don't know, odd, weird, funny, crazy. And so like I made sure not to leave that behind, but then I had to add in a lot of stuff to compliment that. You had to become a more professional version of yourself, but still be yourself. That's yeah, I couldn't yes. say better. Yes. And that's that's perfect. And then so now you you so in your first year, you did do 
you did online leads, you did a lot of sphere work, you did sphere being a lot of people you know, yeah, and and then you did a lot of open houses. So you were hustling. You weren't doing cold calling necessarily or door knocking. We, I did those things. I but didn't end up closing anything success. from it. We yeah. did farming in the York neighborhood here in Bellingham, and uh, yeah, including some cold calling, including. Um, calling other I, I i called other people's dead leads sometimes lots of emailing lots of drip campaigns lots of diligence like s- classically salesy things that's what i'm saying but you but say you did, yeah for sure i did so all your first things. year you did all of it you did all the things yeah. you did all the things anything <laughs> anything that somebody could pull on a list for me to do that yeah. made me feel like i was doing my job to support yeah. my family yeah i was doing it and some of it you probably didn't like doing no <laughs> exactly so um so another that's why i work so hard to get to like yes. where i'm at now is yes, because exactly of that. exactly so i just wanted to make that point um let's get to you were you were mentioning um before to me that uh you're a you did pokemon go yeah yeah so that's definitely one of my hobbies like but i, I, mean, I know that you do Pokemon. i know you did or do pokemon go yeah. but you actually got business from pokemon go yeah as anyone should from anything that they do around mm-hmm. other people and it's you know I, I play a lot of sports and the thing i've played most socially recently is volleyball so um I have volleyball, I have Pokemon Go, I have, I play uh, bass. And so I play that at church on the worship team and lots of different places where you're around people like you that might like you. And a mobile video game is definitely one of those things that, that falls into that category. Yeah. And so you've had a couple clients you've met from that specifically. Yeah. I, 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 think, just... I've, I think I have five, six closings over the past five years. I mean, the game came out in like 2016 so it's can been you, five or six years can you meet somebody like can you find the pokemon go in a house or any i mean is there any like relation yeah, there's, there's like a social aspect of the game where you have to come together for like a certain goal okay. and so you literally because it's an augmented reality game right, you're literally right. in the same place it's just like with volleyball like with anything else you get put in the same place as the other people and then you know you're doing something else and you talk yeah. about extracurricular activities other than the thing you're doing and yeah real estate comes up well, I love it. I love it. So, I mean, you're going to be, what's the, what's the Facebook thing that's coming out? The meta, you're going to be, what is that called? What? I meta, what's the meta? You're a social media expert. Keith, Keith just, what is it? Meta, is it? Oh, meta? Yeah. yeah. It's meta, yeah. Oh, so you're gonna yeah, be, with meta, t- I mean, there's going to be a bunch be, of stuff there. There's going to be some virtual business to be had there Maybe we'll, we'll get into VR and buy real estate in the metaverse, who knows? <laughs> and well, I'm going to ask you about the future real estate, but let's, <laughs> let's talk about when you are... Now, fast forward a um, few years into the business, and what habits had you developed, and how did your business change? Because we talked about you got business from Zillow, open houses, you did all the things. Then now you're not doing Zillow and Redfin anymore. So when did you pull back from online leads and just focus on other things? The first thing I dialed back was stopped paying for Zillow because that one is okay. so much more proactive. There's a lot of different versions of online leads. And I know Paul or me would be happy to talk to people about that. But Zillow is one that's super lucrative. But you like that and other websites, you have to be ready for those at any time. And because I had two, I had three kids, I think when I stopped paying for Zillow, I did that because I wanted to not be able to be reached at any time for that specific one. And I left other parts of my business in like that for a little bit longer. But it wasn't until the beginning of 2020 that I turned off all lead gen and uh, worked on just direct referrals only. Okay. Okay. So then now you're completely um, just look your sphere, past clients. And then I know you have a lot of online reviews. So you're attracting people. So it's literally repeat clients, past clients, I'm sorry, repeat and past clients, referrals 
and people just attracted to you that are just finding you organically just from mm-hmm. reviews and other things. And, and that's of, your full business now. It, that That's the entirety of the business. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not going out and asking anyone if they would like to work with me. That has always been my goal. And yes. at this point now I can support my family absolutely fully without any of that, but I can for sure say like purpose of this time we have here is like, the reason I'm able to do that is because the people that are coming to me now without me asking them to are people that are coming to me probably because they heard about what I did for some other online lead somewhere or someone that I met at some other capacity that I like did that groundwork to really show them that I can be a great realtor. Yeah. And if you can show somebody that you're a great realtor, that goes a much longer way in getting more business than just like being a great nephew to your aunt who probably (laughs) thinks you're really great. Right, right. So you're talking about because when you did do the online leads, you were working that in such a way where you were trying to cultivate that for the long term. So these were so you were not being transactional. You were oh, being no, no. you were being you were trying to do a fantastic job for your clients and going above and beyond and all those things. And that does absolutely make a profound difference. And that is a way that you can shut off the valve of trying to get other online lead type business and just get repeat and referral repeat and referral comes from obviously doing a really good job so and we talked about this before we hadn't talked about this in the podcast that sometimes the people you meet the relationships you build with people that only know you as a realtor you get the most referrals from so if you are new to the business and you're counting on all the people you know not only will that take time because those people already know other realtors and they are not they have to get used to you being a realtor and they have to really trust you as a realtor. So you have to kind of earn that over time. But also they still think of you as these other things, these other ways they know you. And whereas when we meet clients that are just know us as a realtor, that is that is all they think about when they think of you, which ultimately tends to lead to more referrals. And it has for me because yeah. my... I. I I consider this statement a lot of times a like a general you statement, but I know that's not the same for everybody. But for me, people hire me the most for things like being good at writing contracts, being a great negotiator, uh, knowing local markets, things that are associated with being a realtor, not a friend or a son or a good volleyball player or whatever. Yeah. And so while I think a thing you have to do is you have to put yourself out in front of people and you have to get in front of those people around you. For me, and I would imagine for anyone listening to this, you it is so much more lucrative to just be hi, be good at the things that people often hire other people for. And when you focus on a couple different things of what makes a great realtor a great realtor, that's what people will remember and associate you with if you want to earn more business after that. It doesn't just mean like, oh, your name is Nathan Butcher and I've heard you're kind of cool. That doesn't stick as much as you're a great realtor and you can do A, B, and C at selling my house. And I have to tell someone else about that. Well, and specifically the nuts and bolts of that is not just, we're not just saying Nathan's just great because he's great because he's uh, works a little harder and, and has been in the business a little longer. The last couple of years, how much of your day now is focused on your clients versus are you working on your business as well? Yeah. So that changed when I, I mentioned in 2020, when I turned off all other lead sources, mm-hmm. uh, the, I stopped also giving myself production goals and yeah. started with actual, uh, business planning goals. And so instead of saying, I want to close a certain amount of business, I would say, I want to prove, improve my business in such and such way. So there were two things that I've done the last two years and I spend as much, I mean, I spend a good amount of time in any given day building systems that I'm not using that day. 
I spend right. a lot of time researching neighborhoods that I don't have a buyer in and becoming good at all of this stuff so that when they come up, I can give people what they want. Well, and that is, so there's two things there that are really important, I think, to have a great career in real estate, um, especially if you want to have a career that's not dependent for online leads all the time. Mm-hmm. One thing you mentioned is, well, three things. So working, you know, a diligent, having a habit of coming in, you come in every day, you're in here every day <laughs> yeah. and you got sticky notes up and you have your systems and you're in here every day working. But number one, you are talking about building out a system where you're doing things every day with no, it's, it's not reacting to what your clients or what people are calling you asking for. You're trying to get ahead yeah. And that's funny. As you're saying that now, yeah. I'm realizing that I'm, maybe I'm giving across a different vibe as if like I've worked so hard to do nothing and so that I only react. Right. It's funny. It's it's quite the contrary. Like I can wait for the phone to ring when it comes to someone wanting to hire me to do my job. But when that phone isn't ringing, I'm constantly working on getting better so that when that phone call comes in, like I've been being proactive about a completely different thing. Right. And yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Well, and you know, one of the philosophies, you know, this is, I'm not, I have to say this, I can't help it, but you know, our, our company, our company, um, our mission statement is living life as a contribution. And one of the just key mindset differences that I work on when I recruit people to work here and when I'm hiring realtors is, and this is for anybody who's thinking about getting into real estate for anywhere they live, there is company uh, company cultures and they're not all, there's plenty of others like this too, but there's realtors and even real estate companies where it's very much a numbers game, just plainly. I mean, it is where it's just, it's just like, okay, we're going to do this many calls and it's going to produce this. We're going to do this many things. We'll have this many leads. It'll produce this. I'm going to spend this much money and it's going to get this. And that's where most of the energy is spent. And we definitely try to cultivate the energy of, okay, I'm going to work on my systems every day. I'm going to work on learning more every day, right? We have meetings in here where we're um, almost every day where we're right. There was just a contract training where from a lot with a lot of people who already know the contract, but do they really know the contract? Do they really know that contingency form really well? So we do have ongoing contract training. We have ongoing um, just kind of self-help type of um, networking as well. And it's not really always about um, making sure everybody's learning something every day. It's more about um creating this culture of people who are trying to get better all the time and really care about their work. And if you care about your work, you know, of course, the paradox is, is you're going to be more successful as opposed to if you're more focused on the transaction. Yeah. And you've talked about growth mindset before. And I think when I often hear that, it's always, it's, it's like improving yourself, but so overtly for the sake of growing your business in, mm-hmm. in production and volume. And I think being able to adopt that for, for anybody, even from day one and getting your real estate license, to adopt a growth mindset with a purpose that isn't based in production, it can be and you should set production goals, but that's based in literally knowing that as you grow and as your mindset grows and as you learn more about anything that you're doing surrounding your industry, the the second thing will follow. The production will follow. Right. And again, I, I can only say that true for myself here because I'm the one who's working on my business. But I would bet that putting that to the test uh, will turn out well for people. Yeah, and it's and that's the probably the most difficult thing about real estate. Yeah. Even if whether you're prospecting or you're doing those other things like just working on your business, doing training, doing education, working on your systems, 
you know, all of those things you're doing, a lot of times you don't see any direct result from that for months and months and months and months. And this is a commission-based business. So it takes a lot of discipline and a lot of good faith that you're, that those things matter and that they're going to pay off. And, um, and not everybody has that discipline. No, um, I think that a lot of, I think a lot of people <laughs> who think about getting a real estate license are like Michael Scott from the office trying to adopt a baby. And he's like, Oh, I don't even know if I'd want it in nine months. It's like, <laughs> don't do that. Then. Yeah. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're not doing anybody a favor if you're right. not trying to really make this an industry or career. And make, that's really, truly my own personal bias, but it is yeah. in my head. And that's how I feel um, too. So yeah. that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, and that's the way we try to hire people too. But, um, is, is trying to discover what their real mindset is on mm -hmm. doing this. So the, we're going to have another um, episode coming up with uh, Keith Zacco, obviously one of our real estate brokers here. He's in production. He's in the room right here. And Keith and I are going to be talking about the future of real estate, um, Zillow, iBuyers, all of those kind of things. I wanted to ask you before we jumped off, what do you see for the future of real estate? Um, do you have any worries or concerns? As because you see articles that come up that say that you know the future of realtors is going to be abolished and da, 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 or we're going to be a you know this kind of low rate kind of commodity you know but what's your stance? I think there are a lot of articles out there that do a great job yeah. of getting clicks and and mm -hmm. saying real information that's there but it's very clear that real estate as as an industry while when I say this it'll sound like I'm not stressed out every time I read one of those articles but it's so true it's tough like knowing that the thing you love the most people really want to disrupt but the fact is unlike something like travel agency which has all but gone away that's something that isn't a huge deal in somebody's lives when it does happen as far as like maybe even what they're spending on that and it also happens much more frequently for a lot of people but when you compare that to a home purchase or a home sale that happens much less frequency, frequently. It's one of the least frequent things that happens in your life. And it also has a huge, huge, huge impact. And so hiring a professional to do that will always be attractive to people. And so if you can work on, you know, me, if I can work on being the level of professional that people are going to be attracted to when they're doing a very costly and very high impact thing in their life, I think I'm going to be able to be there for it. And, and I want to be for long term, no matter how things get disrupted, because things will. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. And I also I work a lot on making sure that like, I'm, I'm chill if I have to make a lot less money, or if I have to do my job a little bit differently. But I really love what I do. And I think there will be a place for it for sure. Well, something tells me anything, you're going to be just fine. So um, thanks for coming on, buddy. And uh, hopefully there's some good nuggets for, for people getting into the business or in the business there. And I think there certainly was. You're the man. If you want to reach out to Nathan, um, reach out to Nathan. If you have any real estate needs or you have any questions for him about the biz, I'm sure he'd be happy to answer. Um, thank you for listening or watching. If you have not already, please subscribe on YouTube to our John L. Scott Bellingham uh, channel. If we're now on Spotify and Amazon Music, and we'd love for you to follow us there. And thank you for watching and listening. And cheers, guys. Thanks.